All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first ever live stream uh, of our Conversation with Summer Series. My name is Fritz Lauer, and I'm here today with my colleague, Terrence Fox, Senior Director of Strategy here at iAdvise. Terrence, how are you doing today? How's the family? Fritz, I'm good. I'm real good. Uh, you know, it's always nice to have a reason to shower in the morning and put on a nice shirt these days. Uh, Work-life balance is very blurred. I'll say if I'm handed a crying baby in a few minutes, it's because my spouse also works. But, uh, you know, no complaints this morning. I'm feeling okay. That's good. Very good to hear. Um, it is it is super uncertain time, that's for sure. Um, that's certainly why we're here. Um, but it's been uncertain not only since March with the, the retail reaction to COVID, but just in the past few weeks, uh, specifically with the resurgence of Black Lives Matter in the mainstream media and the protests against police brutality and white supremacy. Uh, so on this note, there's always more learning that we can do as individuals and as a company. But while we have the stage right now, we have an obligation to continue holding firm the position that Black Lives Matter. So from my heart to yours, stay safe and best of luck. Um, now, back to our topic du jour for this live stream. Um, <laughs> so, being a thought leader in the conversational space, we really are in a unique position to share some of the latest trends and insights, um, as well as provide some really direct feedback from our leaders in our customer base. Uh, from what they're doing today to how they can adapt from their conversational uh, and constantly evolving customer. At the current economic crisis, uh, it, we really are seeing a great increase in the uncertainty, both for customers and brands. On the customer side of things, we see uncertainty about jobs, uh, fear of losing purchasing power, uncertainty around the end of the quarantine, what's lifting, when it's lifting, the various measures of social distancing and specifically what they can expect from brands. According to Edelman, customers are looking for trust, empathy, and connection from brands. Brands that take care of their employees and their suppliers. Brands that get closer to their customer and connect to each and every single one of them. Uh, in their special edition on COVID-19, Edelman further explained that 83% of customers want brands that support them in times of hardship by showing empathy. So the bottom line for customers is that brands need to show that they are actually available to strengthen the ties with their customers. But this is tough. Uh, brands are facing their own unique set of challenges right now as well. Uh, for everyone, there's, there's a lack of perspective on sales, and this is really translated into a reflex around budget optimization. Uh, for some, this has meant completely freezing or cutting off all marketing or unnecessary operational expenses or resorting to partial activity. Others, however, are taking a bit more of a baited approach as they prepare for the aftermath. Bain interviewed 89 executives from multinational corporations, of which 60% of them are skeptical about overcoming both the medium and long-term effects of the crisis. For now, uh, brand leadership that is thinking like this, the priority really is around optimizing expenditures and redirecting funds towards a necessary digital transformation. Uh, but this is easier said than done, of course. Uh, brands are really facing some seemingly unsolvable challenges. They need to intensify their customer relationships by being more available, closer, and relevant. But at the same time, they need to keep within their budgetary strength, constraints. This is a tough nut to crack. Uh, but the reactions we're seeing uh, with some positive outcomes all touch upon redirecting spending towards this digital customer experience. In a recent study, McKinsey explained that in times of crisis, those that were true CX leaders in their industries had a 3x growth compared to the industry average. 
And that's why we're here today. Um, given the, that we're in the depths of this crisis, really, how can we survive it? And how can we prepare for a future in a world that's unknown to us now? Brands really have little to no visibility on their revenues and consequently their budgets. Uh, but this doesn't mean that they have to sacrifice the relationship with their customers. So how are brands going to make themselves more available to their customers at this lower cost? Uh, the second part of this is consumer habits are constantly changing, either willingly or unwillingly, and very quickly. Uh, they reinvent themselves, and this poses brand new challenges for brands, uh, specifically around that framework. How do you bring flexibility to your customer relationship strategy to mitigate these this unwanted change? So with the current flavor of uncertainty, Terrence, how should companies prepare and get organized for the future? Yeah, yeah, and Fritz, thank you. Um, what a, uh, in terms of retail, what a wild time, right? I mean, thinking about it, everyone was stopped, told to stay home. Uh, so consumers are on their phones, stress, stressing out the digital environment on everyone's website more than ever. We've actually seen about a 25% increase in traffic as the usual amount or average uh, for our consumers today. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other side of the, the coin is we've got these brands with increasingly, increasingly stressed contact centers, uh, disbanded messaging and, and technology at this point. I was actually just talking to a client uh, in Canada last week who said our contact center was doing okay, but then we had to send them all out on their own. And some of them live in rural areas where there isn't good internet. Uh, so there's, it's a very wild time. And, um, you know, I advise we're in a very unique position, right? Because we watch as these behemoth brands uh, from our client base uh, are adapting and moving faster than they ever have before. Um, we have about 40 million transactions, 45 million messages that were exchanged on our platform from the start of this pandemic. And to watch brands transition from telephone and email and classic channels over to messaging, which I've got outlined here, um, so quickly was really impressive. Um, so let's get an understanding of why messaging has become the preferred medium. I did discuss this in our last webinar, but as you can see amongst the three, phone, email, and chat, messaging has the fastest contact to resolution, right? It's that first exchange and engagement that will often lead to the, the resolution that consumer is looking for. And, and first contact resolution is key, right? Um, I will say from our client base too, another interesting development is we have a lot of clients who are starting to lean on video messaging uh, as a means of providing the reassurance and product details that a visitor might need that they otherwise can't get with brick and mortars being closed or I'll say kind of a nervous crowd to consider going back into brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. um, so another reason why messaging is king is because this is where the consumer is. Right. Uh, I, I think I, I picked on you recently about this, Fritz. But, um, you know, when was the last time you emailed someone instead of uh, just shooting them a text message? Right. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah, of course. I, I think we pick on our own parents when yeah. we we're actually discussing this. Um, and my dad is about six, four, 250 pounds, just this big football player type. But even though looking at him use a phone looks like he's holding some microscopic toy in his hand trying to use it with his big thumbs he'd still rather text of course this is the preferred medium for everyone from uh the millennials all the way up to the older demographic so as a brand you need to be where your visitors are 
yep. and where your consumers are, and that is messaging. Now, today, we wanted to talk about matching consumer demand or losing sales. As I said earlier, there's been about a 25% increase is the average. It's oftentimes higher. Uh, we have seen in some cases um, uh, of website traffic. And, you know, our value and mission statement at iAdvise is we want to humanize the digital experience. But, of course, we do understand that automation and bots do have a role in that uh, ecosystem of messaging. So bots, we are seeing a bit of a bot boom, I'll say, Fritz, uh, from the start of this pandemic. Um, and, you know, when thinking about why maybe this didn't happen earlier and why it took COVID-19 to lead to this boom, mm -hmm. uh, I think it comes down to candidly that, you know, many brands feel that a generic messaging uh, or generic message displayed by a bot and not giving a human can feel kind of like a turnoff, right? It can be a, a discouraging experience. Certainly. Uh, to have one blanketed bot response to every type of consumer. Um, but the increased traffic, the reduced support and resource infrastructure, like we discussed earlier, uh, and the cost constraints. You mentioned having to tighten the budgetary belt a bit. Uh, automation and bots are important. And you'll see here that we've seen about 27.4% more bots deployed and 56% first timers, right, from our client base deploying their first bot. Mm -hmm. um, one, and, and Fritz, we were talking about this the other day, one that has been particularly impressive, uh, an example, is uh, TUI in the travel industry deployed a bot within 24 hours to discourage emails. And when I hear uh, contact centers are overwhelmed and resources are strained. Uh, this is obviously the quickest means of providing that 100% coverage that you're striving for for your website visitor, uh, but also making sure that anyone that does get through to your contact center team, uh, it's truly a hair on fire concern, right? Not something that they could take care of on their own through self-service or automation. So in this instance, they had a bot deployed within 24 hours to ask four questions and to discourage the sending of emails. And they immediately saw a jump in productivity. Um, and uh, the idea is, of course, again, if someone does make their way past uh, the bot and the engagement that is set up with you know, some intelligence behind it, I'll say, uh, we'll make sure that it's truly a, a needed conversation. Uh, but otherwise, if we can do some self-service and automation, that's the way to go. Um, another piece we spoke on last uh, webinar was the importance of flexibility and uh, taking a step back. What we're looking at here is, of course, the buyer's journey in the bottom corner or the bottom part of the screen. And on the top part, it's the respondent pool, I say mm -hmm. to my, my clients. Um, and all of these should look pretty familiar besides maybe the top left-hand corner, which would be on-demand experts. and when creating a, a true conversational ecosystem for each of our brands today, we encourage them to really tap into the top left-hand corner, uh, which is the on-demand experts, I'm gonna explain in a second, uh, as a means of acting as a premium concierge for your website visitor. Now, uh, before you ask me to elaborate, Fritz, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Uh, the on-demand expert, they are whoever you think could be valuable to your website visitor. And it's a pre-sales focus, but these are often passionate customers, industry experts, uh, maybe they're former employees, 
they are tapped into in our conversational ecosystem and structure to provide pre-sales 24-7 advice. And um, this top left-hand corner of on-demand experts, as, as today's topic is matching consumer demand, they are a means of getting to that 100% coverage rate. Mm -hmm. Am I talking too fast, Fritz? No, this is, uh, I yeah. think I'd like to know a little bit more. I'm sure other people would like how, a little bit more about who these on-demand experts are. Like, yeah, there are, they're passionate customers, but where do they come from? How do we identify them? Um, what is it that makes them so special? Yeah, of course they're unique to every brand. So it's not just the pool of people willing to chat on your website. The idea is we collaborate with each one of our clients to identify the, the golden nuggets we can call them in their community. Mm -hmm. And then we vet and uh, score them. There's a whole uh, large, about a four week process put in place to make sure these people adhere to standards and of course are uh, performing as they're supposed to. But the idea is Fritz, if you uh, have concerns around availability, they will help you scale to 24 seven, right? They have the means of assisting uh, via the mobile or desktop app. But the other piece of it here is they have the authenticity and product knowledge that in-house agents may not have. They're not a product owner. Maybe they're just reading specs. Uh, these on-demand experts are truly experts. And I use an easy example of uh, buying a backpack from someone or hiking bag from someone that is uh, reading specs uh, or product information uh, to meet consumer demand. We've actually been able to tap into retail associates and get them as messengers on the website. And the idea is that we use smart routing to connect an expert or excuse me, a retail associate that's got a free moment with a visitor real time through the desktop and mobile app. Uh, Samsung is an excellent example of this. They have well-trained staff, uh, but unfortunately there was some with some free time. So this is a means of reallocating resources with free time to an area that's incredibly strained like the digital website. Uh, I mentioned the pool of experts before. Uh, we have seen about a, a 6x pop, and it's, a, it's on a graph that I'll show in a moment uh, as far as the growth of the community of experts from our clients today. Mm -hmm. uh, an excellent, excellent example from our client base is this instance on Lowe's. If you actually go on uh, Lowe's.com, they don't connect you to a uh, just an in-house agent if you have a pre-sales project-focused need. Uh, think about it. If you're buying a faucet, it's largely or likely a part of a larger project. Maybe you're renovating your bathroom. Mm -hmm. so instead of a transaction of just buying that faucet one off on the site, we have actual do it yourself enthusiasts from the community sharing 24 seven project related advice uh, to encourage and create that next level experience. Uh, this is what I was mentioning earlier about the community of experts in the pool of uh, growth. So we are seeing a lot of brands deploying uh, and uh, emphasizing this passionate pool of experts. Um, and it has exploded within our portfolio as a means of matching consumer demand. Um, and uh, I think the last big piece here, as it ties to AI and bots and smart routing and, and uh, intelligence behind your conversational infrastructure, is asynchronous messaging. Terrence, I know I just learned this term. I'm Thank sure you for the don't understand what it is. What is asynchronous messaging? Yeah. So I think I, I mentioned earlier that uh, too often, uh, excuse me, today consumers are stuck home, right? And 
Uh, Fritz, I'm sure, like me, you were probably sitting at the on the couch this morning, 7 a.m., drinking coffee, maybe buying or being on a website yourself. Everyone's stuck on their couch. The traffic on the website has grown about 25% as the average. Asynchronous messaging allows for an always-on environment. And what I mean by that is if uh, you don't have any resources immediately available for your website visitor, asynchronous messaging allows you to capture who that person is through initial pre-qualifying or uh, questions that maybe are asked through a bot. And we can continue that conversation when a resource is available or at least know who that person was. So there's, there's, some, there's a conversation still happening, if that makes sense. Um, when we're looking at the left-hand side, we're looking at an example of a leading online player, player in car parts from our portfolio. On the left-hand side is a heat map before asynchronous messaging was deployed on their site of agent productivity and occupancy. On the right-hand side is after asynchronous messaging was deployed. And you can see those darker parts are obviously times of day where they're now capturing more conversations with their visitors uh, than they were previously. And you know, for those that have a brick and mortar, they can relate a bit better. But if you had a, a visitor come into your store and you didn't engage with them in any way, shape or form, mm -hmm. you're discouraging them likely from, from purchasing with you. So this is a great way on the uh, website of starting more conversations, driving engagement, and of course, uh, you know, being always on for today's always on consumer. The last piece that I want to talk on today, because we did want to make this conversational. So if you have any questions, please feel free to chime in and, and ask us. We'll go into it at the end. But for this first conversation with the last piece I wanted to touch on with AI and what some industry leaders are doing uh, uh, to match consumer demand is also making sure they have a better understanding of the consumer as it applies to uh, COVID-19. Uh, so what we're also working through is uh, friction maps and detailed insights on how that visitor is engaging with us in this new always-on environment, right? Because engaging with your consumer today or six months ago was, was very different. And uh, it's important for brands to have an understanding of how their website experience resonates with visitors, where they're seeing friction points. You can see in the left-hand graph across all of their product verticals. And then, of course, how their CSAT evolves through these engagements over time. So this is a, a very, very important piece here that uh, many industry leaders are putting into place to make sure that, A, you know, in this time when our website is really our only engagement, we've got to be putting our best foot forward. Mm -hmm. uh, because, of course, turning someone off and first impressions are everything. Nail on the head, Terrence, that's for sure. Um, so it looks like we do have a handful of questions, um, so we'll just kind of feed them in. Uh, just so everyone knows, we are currently live streaming on four different platforms right now, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, we will be continuing our live streams in the future on all these platforms to make it readily and easily accessible depending on your preferred platform. Um, I don't actually have a way of telling which chat is coming through which, but um, I do have a few. The first is um, Lowe's is a surprise to some people on the chat as you know, using this platform, and they're curious on how a large company like that is able to roll out um, this type of service um, in the long term or now particularly in the short term. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't even need to spend much time on them, candidly. The idea here is that you have, and I think I shared this, let me pull that slide back up. Um, 
for many of our brands, you have, of course, uh, these, this, this large pool of respondents, right? This opportunity to leverage anyone from your ecosystem. Uh, so typically, most brands today, before we start engaging, they only look at the right-hand side of the screen, right? It's in-house agents or it's bots. And those two are responsible for knowing absolutely everything from your products, uh, every one of your SKUs that you sell online, and of course, providing a, uh, an experience for everyone from the top of the funnel to bottom of the funnel website visitor. So what we've been encouraging our brands to do today, and uh, of course, uh, Lowe's would be one example, is to also keep in mind the left-hand side of the screen, which is your pre-sales experts, it's your brand retail associates, um, these are people that uh, are available as messengers on the website. It's just a matter of, of whether or not the brand decides to tap into this resource, right? Uh, and, and Fritz, as we discussed, uh, this is a, a time when there's a 25% increase in traffic. Uh, the typical resources are strained, uh, contact centers and things of that nature. So uh, it's, it's obviously taking off and it's very impactful. Excellent. And I think this might be a bit of a follow up um, is understanding are there like like cost limits for a program like this or is this something that even small companies can deploy on their site? No. Uh, and I think um, not to pick on them, but they are obviously smaller than some of the names we've mentioned so far. We have a conversation coming up in a, in a few weeks. Uh, Fritz, what is the actual date on that? June 30th? We have uh, public? Yes. June 30th um, with Roy Fung, our VP of Digital Commerce at GetFPV. Yeah. So. Uh, GetFPV is obviously a smaller brand compared to the names we mentioned, uh, but no, this is available to brands large and small, right? The idea is that you should be modernizing the way that you engage with today's always-on consumer over their preferred medium, which is messaging. Uh, and uh, no, candidly, we have the capacity to operate on any size scope. Good. And then I think this might be the last one, unless anyone has more. Um, the, uh, the reactions to COVID-19, it was obviously a big focus of our webinar today. Um, what are our thoughts, just candidly looking six months ahead on the state of the retail marketplace? Yeah, so I'll let you speak to too, Fritz. Sure. Uh, you're the marketing guru. Uh, from my perspective, um, there was discussion of a retail comeback. I think in the last webinar, we talked about how in China they were measuring whether or not uh, there was a retail boom after people were finally let outside and finally able to purchase freely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe that the trend, uh, the in increased stress on digital trend is going to stay, right? Yep. People are kind of changing the way they buy and brands are changing the way they engage with the consumer. Um, it's more cost efficient through messaging. And I think that uh, uh, the consumer today is going to kind of evolve uh, with digital as being a, a bigger focus. Um, so I think that trend is here to stay. I do think that um, what will be interesting to watch is the brick and mortar traffic, right? Yep. Uh, we have here in Massachusetts, we're in phase two. So we have some retail stores and things like that starting to open up. What I'm super curious about is whether or not uh, we start to see foot traffic resume as it was or how that changes. How about yeah, you? I think I agree with a lot of what you just said. I mean, this does echo what Shop Talk mentioned in the previous that Shop Talk has been doing their uh, live, uh, live streams as well. And they do have some forward-looking uh, framework that is expecting 
upticks in the brick and mortar traffic coming over the next three to six months. Yeah. Um, and I think we're looking at things kind of the same way. Um, but I think there is a bit of caution as far as there there is always a bit of delay in the reactions in the data, uh, particularly when it comes to the quarantines and the social distancing. Um, so while I do full on believe that we will be back in the stores and we'll be shopping and, and walking around this fall, I think most retail leaders are looking for a contingency plan. And given that this is a precipice for the digital transformation, the contingency plans are ones that should be able to work both in a the existing environment beforehand and the future environment. So this, this really aligns with the value proposition that we have, particularly around the scalability side of things. This is flexible. It is scalable. We're able to match and, and create the right type of communication strategy as the retail market continues to evolve. So right. this, uh, this this change, I think it, it really is, that's why we're here. It's largely unknown. Uh, it would be great if we had strong numbers for what it's gonna be like three to six months from now. The best thing I think is about um, developing the right type of framework and the right type of operational strategy to be reactive, to be versatile and to be gut budget conscious as you deliver that heightened CX. Right. Um, well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Um, we, like we mentioned, we will be meeting again on June 30th for holding our second conversation with live stream, uh, this time with Roy Fung, uh, the VP of digital commerce at GetFBB. He'll be here to discuss strategy and the impetus for boosting sales and CSAT with online experts. Um, till then, Thank you all so much for joining. Terrence, I'll see you later. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks. Take care.